0: Welcome to Business Resilience Decoded from Disaster Recovery Journal and Asfalis Business Resilience. Now, here's your host, Vanessa Vaughn.
1: Welcome to Business Resilience Decoded. I am your host, Vanessa Vaughn, the founder and resilience officer of Asfalis Advisors. We have a great guest lined up for you today speaking on the topic, If I Knew Then What I Know Now. So let's jump right in and meet our guest, Dr. Steve Goldman, the President for Life of Steve Goldman Associates and the lecturer and course developer from MIT. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh,
0: Vanessa, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: (laughs) So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and how you got into the world of business continuity?
0: Well, strangely enough, I have two degrees in nuclear engineering from MIT. And I was at a nuclear power plant doing operations, startup testing, and blah, blah, blah. And somehow, someone found out, unlike most engineers, I could put a subject and a predicate in the right order. <laughs> so they said, okay, you belong downtown in corporate public relations. And so I was a nuclear guy who would talk about what happened at one of our power plants or in the industry. And then Three Mile Island occurred, and I was one of the three people in the country who would talk to the news media about what was going on. That got me into the corporate communications. That led to nuclear emergency planning. A lot of laws came up after that accident. And so for about eight or ten years, I was doing nuclear emergency planning. Then bluntly, I got bored. Uh, It was the same stuff, break the plant, put radiation out there, evacuate the citizens, The scenarios were not challenging. So I started going at the corporate crisis planning, So, started out with chemical companies and banks, and here I am today. I I do crisis management, business continuity, a little bit of disaster recovery from IT, and a lot of also crisis communications. So I mix them all together.
1: Okay, and what's your doctorate in?
0: Education. I figured at my age, getting a doctor in nuclear engineering wasn't going to do me any good. So I wanted <laughs> something that would help you know, the business continuity field.
1: So you shared about education, and I know that you are a lecturer and course developer for MIT. So can you talk a little bit more about your coursework?
0: Oh, I'm proud of that. Next year in 2019 will be the 10th year of the course. It's been on for nine years. We bring in lecturers from all over the country, all over the world. who talk about business continuity, disaster recovery, crisis communications, crisis management, supply chain. We have federal, state, and local responders talk about theirs. So it's a broad but intense view of all the different topics that we deal with. We have a lady from Jeff Blue talks about their program. a news editor from ABC News and the Boston Herald talk about crisis communications. And then at the end, we have a simulation where we bring everything together. I put them through a, a very tough simulation. They can practice what they've learned in the course. I'm pretty proud of that course.
1: So from my perspective, and tell me if I'm wrong, you work very closely with newcomers in the industry through this program, right? So with that being said, what's your perspective on why people are interested in business continuity? What's what's drawing them?
0: Well, in the olden days, it was basically, okay, you, you're now in business continuity. What? And then you learn how you what, you what know to do what you have to do through conferences like the DRJ conference. Nowadays, there are actually degrees in business continuity, crisis management, a lot in emergency management systems, which is great, so we are maturing as an industry. But most people need to understand, and it's a good thing, that business continuity cuts across the entire organization, state, federal, local, private. We get involved in HR operations, finance, management, communication, social media, etc., 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 so we have to know a little bit about the entire corporate operation so they can, they, the company, can be prepared to deal with the crisis, and that, to me, is what's fascinating about it.
1: You've been in the industry for quite some time. Can you help our listeners? Can you share about the evolution of business continuity
0: making? Actually, business continuity started at the turn of the last century with the Red Cross. They found a lot of the field records had to be duplicated because sometimes they would just get lost. So that started a little bit of the disaster recovery crisis planning. In the 50s, uh, IT disaster recovery began. This is before your time, of course. But... um, (laughs) Uh, in the olden days, uh, mainframe computers would have literally paper tapes. That's what they would put their data on, about one inch wide and, and literally yards and yards long, punched with holes, and that would be their data. And the IRS figured out if the company had a fire, all those records would be gone. So they demanded companies make backup tapes of that. And that's what sort of the disaster recovery, crisis management. I think began with Three Mile Island because it was such a, a zoo, if you will, on response for nuclear accident, but. Most people call it, three years later, uh, the Tylenol poisonings in Chicago, and that started crisis management because Johnson & Johnson did a heck of a job with very little guidance to assign people to do the job, to deal specifically with the accident, and let them, the rest of the company deal with it. So they are like the, you know, the, the golden person on how you do crisis planning back when, before there was really crisis management. The business continuity evolved after that. that you know, what if you lose your building? What if you lose your uh, network? How do you recover? How do you your business. It was just a natural progression
1: from that. So you said back then, before crisis management, when did crisis management enter into the equation?
0: There's always been a need for leadership during a crisis to take over and do what needs to be done. The problem was a lot of people weren't trained. A lot of people didn't know really what to do. What were the priorities? You always think, bring your business back. No. Deal with your people first. And simple things like a snowstorm. I mean, even to this day, companies in state Boston, where I'm from, have problems dealing with a snowstorm because they hadn't planned it through. So it's evolved over the years, but now it's, it, it's out there. You look at the crises that are occurring whether natural disasters like, like Hurricane Florence, you know, the Facebook situation, or, or any of those political situations, that's now crisis management. In some areas, that's called, part of that is reputation management. But it's still, company has a crisis. Its destiny, in some cases, is on the edge. What do we do?
1: Mm-hmm. So what lessons have you observed based on what you now know? about the industry.
0: The major lesson, and a lot of people don't understand this is this is about people. It's about people responding to an incident, people being hurt through an incident, whether it's um, a corporate crisis that really doesn't affect anything but the C-suite, or Hurricane Florence where people's lives are literally at stake. It's all about people. At the DIJ conferences we have several vendors, very good quality vendors, who sell their software and their packages and their equipment or whatever, but really it's all there to support people. Getting management in to do its job, who can maintain the organization so it can do its job, all while keeping people healthy and safe. So, to me, the biggest issue is, is, is
1: people. Right. So, for this next question, when I say business continuity management, it encompasses risk, crisis management, communications, VR, etc. And so, with that being said, if you could wave a magic wand, what would you change about business continuity management?
0: At the risk of upsetting my hosts here, I would say a lot of the consultants out there, and this sounds very self-serving because I am one, but a lot of them out there just don't offer a quality product, and I mean service or, or equipment. Bluntly, I make, I make all of my consulting money fixing other consultants' work. A company will call me up and say, hey, we've got this system, we've got this, we've got this exercise program, it's not working. Our executives hate it. Can you come in and help us? And it's usually some previous consultant either didn't know what they were doing or sold the executives, hey, here's a shiny red book in a crisis that you can put on your bookcase, pull it down, and everything is covered. The executives is going to say, great, I don't need to think about this. But to those of us in the the practitioning mode, what good is a a red book at 3 o'clock in the morning that you can't access or can't read? So that's my big thing. And, again, it's my hopes. I hope uh, you understand from which I'm coming.
1: So executives don't use the red book?
0: (laughs) Well, They should. (laughs) But most executives, what they want to do is put on the Superman cave, jump in and say, I'm in charge. Let's do this. And and some of them can get away with that, but they've got to be trained to know what to do. Like, for example, if an executive does not participate in a drill or an exercise and he's not the crisis team leader, his staff has to make decisions on his or her behalf. Is he comfortable with that? Can his crisis major team leader commit $2 million to rest- restoring something or or even paying a ransom or, or you know setting up a command center elsewhere that the CEO didn't approve. And so some executives go down to an exercise and go like, whoa, I didn't approve that. Well, yes, you did. Because you made Mary over here the, the crisis commander. So they need to get involved.
1: With your role at MIT and just what you've seen across the industry, do you think that industry certifications are necessary?
0: I don't have one because I never actually got around to it. The Thing about certifications, and they are good things because they show you're at a level that you know, of, of competence, which is good. Within an organization, nobody knows what a BCI or a CBCP means. We in the industry know what that means, and so if you're looking for a job in another company, the hiring BCP manager would know what that certification means. Within your own organization, probably not. HR doesn't know what it means, so it's good. Yes, it's good to have. It shows a level of expertise and commitment to doing it, but you know, that's really up to you. It's what you want, your career path. If you're going to spend your life in business continuity, yes, that's probably a good thing. If you're using it as a step up to someplace else in management, probably not.
1: What are some things that you think we can do to better prepare those who are coming into the industry with the certification so that they can actually execute?
0: Okay. They need to attend conferences like DRJ, meet and network with peers, come to the course at MIT. Again, a little self-serving, but... <laughs> uh, you meet peers, you talk to people. Within your, uh, one's organization, there's like one or two BCP people, maybe. Most organizations have one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so the only way you can pollinate and understand what's going on is come to a conference like DRJ or MIT. Meet people, we share the same problems. You know, at lunch, you know, we could do probably half of day just people talking to each other and learning things. So these conferences are great. The problems that you have in your company, I have in my company. What did you do? What can we share? Mm-hmm. So that's what I would do.
1: Absolutely. So you spoke a little bit about having to come in and clean up other practitioners' messes, right? So from your perspective, do practitioners spend more time on tactics and activities or value? Practitioners. okay.
0: I think they should spend time on both. I mean, they need to to provide value to the organization, but they also need to provide the tactics. It depends what you hire them for, consultants. What are you you, hiring me to do an exercise or write a plan or just keep your executives away from a command center during a crisis? Which I have done. I've been hired to do that at one time. Uh, They need to get in and just pull off their shirt sleeves, as they say, and just do what needs to be done.
1: Do you believe the industry is prepared to train and develop millennials in business continuity?
0: Millennials, yes. Um, Funny you should ask. I'm, I had a trill, a series of hospitals. They hired me to come in write plans and do drills. So the, each of these hospitals, we, we lost the computer network. And that was one of the scenarios. First we lost the phones, then a the network, then some other stuff happened. If you go into a hospital, the minute you're brought in, you're hooked up to a computer system. It's almost like you're a robot. They plug you in, and around you there's all these scopes and screens and that work at some system. The scenario was the system dies. I forget the details why I just for a moment. The system's dead. The older, my generation type people said, okay, go to the forms, get out the forms, get out a pen, and let's start doing it the old way we did it. And the older generation did that. The millennials had no idea what a form was. They couldn't fill out the form. let take the blood fracture, 120 over 80. Where does that go? Write it over there in a pen. A pen? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I, I don't pen. I don't have a pen. I, I put everything on my, my laptop or my iPhone. Okay, here do this, and literally the the chief nurses or the doctors would write something in cursive. The millennials would not know how to read cursive. <laughs> and so,
1: come on, millennials.
0: <laughs> and so, it, it's interesting because you know my son's a millennial, and you know he lives and dies with his cell phone. But the thing is, you get when when you don't have the technology, you got to learn how to deal with that. Because now the hospital, this is funny. All the forms are where they're supposed to be. They're all made out. They're teaching people not only how to fill out forms, but they're teaching them cursive, which is really fascinating. But that's how, you know, millennials are just as smart, if not smarter than everybody else. But in my humble old man opinion, they're so connected with their machines they forget the real world.
1: Yeah. Let's stick on this for a second. We have a lot of people coming into the workforce, um, and a huge majority are millennials. And then we have our boomers, some are transitioning out, you know, just going into their second, third careers. What needs to happen to integrate millennials into the world of business continuity management where they can pick up where a Dr. Goldman has left off?
0: Okay. Again, the major thing with business continuity is that it's about people. And so you need to train millennials, you know, the technology, they have no problem understanding. But it's, it's getting, okay, now what? We've got to sit around a table, either virtually or in a little command table, Someone's going to make a decision for the future of the organization. Someone's going to make a decision on how we're going to pay people. Oh, we'll just call it up on the cell phone and and access the app. No, the app's down. Now what? Well, someone's going to teach them how to write checks. I don't even know if millennials write checks anymore. I don't think so. But you see, my point is some of the old school things that did not rely on technology, and I love technology. I'm an engineer. But some of those, when they go away, you've got to learn how to deal with it. So here's how you deal with people. Shoving a, a cell phone underneath their nose isn't going to do good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what be- business continuity is all about. Disaster recovery with IT, yeah, it's machines and servers and all this other stuff. But who's using it? People. Mm-hmm. And they've got to be trained to deal with that. My humble opinion.
1: Okay. So why is there a need for business continuity or crisis management professional service organizations?
0: We bring in the expertise. I bring in the knowledge. I've been through just, I've seen just about everything in my I have 35 years of experience doing this, which is older than you are.
1: <laughs> it's an assumption. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and consultants are very helpful. You bring them in, they can do the work for you. They can provide leadership. In my case, I walk in, okay, I'm Dr. Steve from MIT. Executives, believe me. I teach this at MIT. I've been doing it for 35 years. So if an executive would tell a business content manager, no, and it's the right thing to do. I will take the executive aside, say, "Here's why we have to do it," and they will believe me. I've got the experience—not me personally, but you know, consultants have the experience. Yeah, it would cost a few bucks, but you know, after we're gone, it's your your responsibility. I want to make sure that you can do that. like mm-hmm. so get a good recommendation from somebody else. I've seen everything. I can run a drill on you name it. I can run a drill and uh, very successful drill involving executives down to security guards and everyone in between. It's just a matter of what what the organization needs. So, it's not like anything else. Good consultants out there, bad consultants out there. It's what you need to get done. Gotcha.
1: So I've done a little bit of uh, stalking.
0: Ah, <laughs> good.
1: Do you have any articles or things that are out there that people can read to learn more about you?
0: Yeah, if you go to drj.com, I've got several articles on, um, on the website. I wrote one about Confucius and crisis planning. The most recent one I have is the top 10 things. Uh, I wish I knew when I entered business continuity. Melinda Citra from Uline Corporation and I did that. Do another one on crisis phrases that you could use in, in presentations. 20 years ago, I mean, we had all the vendors have changed. Different topics, different, different vendors. There's three leftovers me, Regina, and Barney from the old school. We're, we're individual consultants, but we're the only ones from 20 years ago. Everything else has changed. It's changed from it used to be plans, automated plans, and then automated scenarios, and now it's notification systems, now it's putting plans and procedures on iPhones. So the technology you see has been changing. The concepts have not Get people together to do their job. That's what we're all about. But all the technology around it has changed. So that, that's one of the neat things about the industry. When I first started, we had a fax machine that had 10 phone lines plugged into it, 10 individual phone lines, so we could fax to 10 individual news organizations, to 10 individual organizations. And we were like, my God. This is wonderful. (laughs) And when I was at MIT, we did not have uh, the computing power that your cell phone has.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. That's the way to. So you take advantage of the technology and use it, but again, not forgetting it's about people.
1: Yep. People helping people. Absolutely. So let me ask you this because I couldn't find you on this platform outside of LinkedIn. Do you have any social media?
0: Okay, I have a LinkedIn page which severely needs updating. I have a, a website, stevegoldmanassociates.com, which severely needs updating. However, on the stevegoldmanassociates.com, I do have a page of IT jokes. So if you want to make fun of IT people, I've got about half a dozen jokes you could use.
1: <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll direct them to the MIT website and all of your coursework. Yeah.
0: And that is shortprograms.mit.edu cm.
1: Fantastic. Well, there you have it. Thanks for tuning in to Business Resilience Decoded with the Disaster Recovery Journal and Asphalas Advisors. Look out for future episodes.
0: Business Resilience Decoded is produced and edited by John Seals. For more information, visit drj.com decoded and asfalisadvisors.com decoded. Write to us on Twitter at BRDecoded.